Corona Chronicle session 29 with Chef Matt Lewis. And Chef Matt Lewis was one of my earliest guests. Episode 9. It's crazy. Over 230 episodes ago or 220 episodes ago. Uh, and he's always uh, just been somebody I have admired. Uh, he's been a leader in the New Hampshire Seacoast uh, for as long as he's been on my radar. And uh, he's back at it. He was supposed to be running the Boston Marathon. Um, and since that was postponed, he decided to continue to run the marathon, but his own marathon on a treadmill. And he's raising money for his employees. And I think the number was anywhere, I think it was either fourteen dollars or $12,000 he's raised up to this point. Uh, to support his staff during this time where they're unemployed and they don't have steady uh, paychecks coming, which I just thought was incredible. And I wanted to make an example of him beyond that. I think Matt is a great example of why it's so important or how to be uh, proactive and not reactive and really put a strategy together and be calm and his calmness through this is, I think it really admirable and we can learn from that calmness in being proactive. Then also um, he used to work for Thomas Keller. So I asked him how he feels or how he felt about Thomas Keller, uh, suing insurance companies and what his perspective on that whole situation was. So really cool stuff. Uh, before we hit play on that episode, I want to let you know that today's episode was brought to you by Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble. It seems like whenever there's disaster, Procter and Gamble's there. Uh, you, you have the image of the duck covered in oil being cleaned up with Dom professional while well, they're back at it, providing relief. Uh, there's, Tons of like a suite of tools out there to combat uh, bacteria and virus. Uh, Febreze Professional Sanitizing Fabric Refreshener is one, and then the Microband Professional is another. So uh, you know, head over to pgpro.com to learn more about those products. And if you're out in the grocery stores, uh, try to support Procter and Gamble because they help me help you. Now, here's today's episode. Good morning, Chef Matt Lewis. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing well. Yeah. How are you? Uh, you know, staying busy, just trying to be of value, trying to, you know, polish <laughs> this turd as much as possible. But uh, I think that we'll get out of this thing better. Um, but, uh, you yeah. know, uh, so Matt Lewis, if this name is not familiar, is uh, the chef owner of Moxie. You you also have Franklin Oyster House and I think a total of four now, right? It's been a while since I've been. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. To give you guys some perspective, I had Matt on the show. You're episode nine. That's crazy. Uh, this is this is would have been an episode like seven hundred and ten. So that gives you an idea wow. of how long it's been since we've connected. But uh, a leader in the sea, the New Hampshire Seacoast market. Uh, how many times have you been nominated for James Beard? Uh, we, we got somebody well respected within the the restaurant community on the phone with us. And um, how did you guys? How did you come to terms on uh, uh, March seventeenth to to close all of your restaurants? Um. So I um. You know, I've been I've been following this very closely um, from the beginning. I have I have friends all over the country um, that own restaurants uh, in Seattle and New York, and you know, I, I, I was talking to them before it really kind of affected up here. But you know, they were really kind of bracing me, like you know, this is this is real. This is going to happen, mm-hmm. um, and. I think the day after the the day that um that the NBA shut down and that um the president banned European travel the next morning I knew that I knew we were going to be in trouble I didn't know what but that was a defining moment the defining day that was okay here here we go things are going to change yeah. um and I had that morning I had emergency meetings with with all the teams at all the restaurants telling them that 
you know, we have to, we have to get smart now. We have to start consolidating now. We have to start thinking outside the box because things are going to change. Um, and then obviously they started changing very, very quickly. And it seemed evident, um, that, that we were either going to get a ban on dine-in, um, restaurants, dine, dining inside the restaurant, um, or, uh, that the, the economy, the, the toll on the, on business itself would just be so much that it wouldn't be worth it anyway. So I had already decided on the Sunday that we were going to, we were going to stop, um, Moxie and Franklin, the call was a little bit easier to make in a way. I mean, not easier, but easier in the manner that there really isn't any takeout or delivery that I saw would be worth trying to do with Moxie and Franklin. So the decision was a little more black and white. Whereas yeah. Street and Luigi's, they're, they're kind of set up for takeout and delivery, and we do a lot. So it was like, okay, we can try to ride that a little more. So on Monday, um, on Monday, I met with the people, with the teams at Moxie and Franklin, and said, look, whether we like this or not, it's coming. There's no way around it. The only question is when and what do we do about that? And my original plan, what I wanted to do was I was thinking if we'd be open that Monday and Tuesday, try to run out the inventory and then just close on Wednesday. Um, however, both teams at Moxie and Franklin said, let's just call it today on that Monday. And I said, okay, I, you know, I'm, and that's why we met so that we could decide. And that's what they decided. And about a half hour later, after we made our announcement, the governor um, shut down the dining for, for in-house in state anyway. So it would have happened anyway. Yeah. Um, um, so Moxie and Franklin, we, we just closed all the way right away. And we decided that we would um, continue trying to do, takeout and delivery at, at Street Luigi's because we do do good takeout and delivery there. I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and so we wrote that for that first week. Um, as of right now, I, I decided to call it at the end of that first week and stop. And the reason I did that, it was, that was actually a hard decision, I a bet. very hard one. Moxie and Franklin again, weren't that hard because the decision was kind of black and white. Um, but street and, Luigi's, it, it was, it, it wasn't a black and white decision. Um, if we weren't doing enough business, then the decision would have been black and white, but we were, we consolidated the business model very aggressively. Um, and with a consolidated model, we were doing enough to make it worth it. But the reason that I decided that I needed to call it was that, um, frankly, I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, we were we were chasing the tail of of this unknown thing that was evolving and changing so quickly in terms of takeout delivery curbside no touch yeah. all these things and um it, it was to no one's fault everybody was trying to keep up but it seemed like you know every every time i opened my yeah. email i had a new set of guidelines from is it a battle worth other, fighting, you know <laughs> and and it and it was one at that time that i felt 
it it wasn't. I said, you know what? We're 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 playing a game that the rules of the game are changing as we're playing it, and the game we're playing is is public health, and yeah. that's not necessarily the type of game that I want to play while the rules of the game are changing as we're serving people. It was just, and and it was like it was it was almost this this feeling of completely being out of control trying to keep up with it. You know, everybody's trying to do the best they can, but it was like, I don't even know if we're, if what we're doing is the best we can. I don't know if what we're doing is good enough. So I said, you know what? We need to stop this madness. We just need to stop. And I don't know what will happen moving forward, but I know the only way that we can figure out what the right move is, is we at least need to just stop. So I stopped. Um, which I'm very glad I did, even though it was a hard decision to do. I'm glad I did because, um, first and foremost, I, I, I wasn't feeling that we were being responsible the way that protocols were changing so quickly. Um, but it also gave, has given me and, and other people involved time to, time to think and think clearly about it and think logically. And we may go back to trying, um, some takeout and delivery at street Luigi's. And if we do, I'm going to feel good about it because now we have this window to plan, to organize, to get systems, to get protocols, to really condense a venue, to be able to do it with very, very few people in the door to have all critical control points of the operation set up so that every day we walk in there, we know the rules of the game and we feel really, really good about it knowing that, we're, we're doing the right thing. So we're looking at that right now with street Luigi's, um, about seeing, you know, okay, let's, let's see if we can figure out the protocols and the logistics to, to do this the right way. Well, Meanwhile, Uh, I think it's important to point out. Meanwhile, uh, by, by closing down early on the 16th of March and having this time to kind of just, uh, you know, digest, all this information that's coming at at you, it also gave you the time to get creative and free up some time to take care of your people. Do you want to get into that portion of what you got going on? Um, sure. Yeah. You know, obviously a huge, a huge part of, of, of this whole crisis for everybody in the restaurant business is, is, is our staff. And, you know, for, for a lot of people, even people much, much, greater and larger than me, um, this, this is the first time that, that we and, and other chefs and restaurant owners, and again, some that are way more established than me, we just, we can't take care of our staff. There's nothing that we could do. And there's, there's really no feeling that is more defeating than not being able to take care mm. of your own. And that's what we were faced with. It yeah. was, it, we had no choice right across the board the, the whole restaurant industry nearly went to unemployment. Um, and that's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, so, you know, we, we did what we could, everybody did what they could, but I, you know, I think we all wanted to get bored. You don't know what that is. And so I, I was kind of open to ideas of, hoping they were going to percolate in my head, but I didn't, I didn't want to rush anything because, you know, there's so many things out there and so much going on that, that you can rush into something and it might not be the right thing. Um, 
So one day uh, last week, I think, or the end of the week before, they're all starting to run together a little. Yeah. Um, I I had a medical procedure. Um, so I actually have an autoimmune disease, and I'm immune suppressant. Um, and you know, so I have to be extra careful myself. And a part of of my autoimmune disease is I have to have um, these blood infusions that really take a, a, a toll on you um, when you do it. And so I, I ha- and I only have to do it every six months, but I had to do it kind of the end of last week or whenever it was. And so I had to have that procedure. And I always, I, I run a lot. Um, I always run a lot. It's something I've done. And I've been training for the Boston Marathon. I was going to run uh, Boston, which happens on April 20th. That's mm-hmm. been postponed to the fall, uh, which is a good thing. Um, but anyway, I like to go for, I I always like to try to go for a run after I have, um, these blood infusions because they just take such a toll on, on your body that I kind of like to just, just kind of shake the funk out and just try to shake it out a little. And it's not a big run. It's not a good run, but just a few miles just to try to shake it out. Mm. And, um, so I came home that day from doing, from doing that, uh, procedure and it was a beautiful day out, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run on my treadmill because I don't know how far I'm going to be able to go because I just basically spent seven hours having my immune yeah, system course, suppressed. Yeah. Like that's what it does on, on, on chemotherapy drugs. It's not the most pleasurable thing. I can only imagine. Um, so I, I was like, I'm just going to get on the treadmill that way, see where it shakes out. And so anyway, that day on the treadmill, I started thinking of this idea like, you know, I'm on the treadmill, I'm at home, the, 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 the huge effort that needs to be done with this is staying at home, social distancing, self-isolation, like I'm doing that right now. I was, I've been training since early December for Boston, I was getting ready to run Boston, that could push back, I want to do something for the employees, I was like, well, what? And, and that's kind of where I came up with this crazy idea of what if I ran a marathon, 26.2 miles on my treadmill at home, uh, the day that the marathon is supposed to happen, April 20th. Um, but I kind of shift gears with it and do it as a, as a fundraiser for, um, the employees at the restaurants. So I had the idea and said, all right, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to sit on this for a little bit, make sure it's a good idea. Um, but an hour or two later, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. Like, why not? It won't, it won't do any harm. Um, and so I just kind of threw it out there and I wasn't nearly expecting the, the, the traction or, or support that came from it. And it's really just been, been really, really a wonderful response that, um, everybody has just been this, this wonderful, positive, emotional momentum for, for everybody, um, seeing how many people have reached out and, and got involved in it. And, um, it's been, it's been really exciting. So now, early by um, early last week, you guys had raised $8,000 for your employees. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're up over $14,000 now, which awesome. is just totally wild. Yeah. Which is just, it's just really incredible. Um, you know, and the financial piece is obviously important and why I decided to do it because I have a lot of employees that, that need it. Yeah. Um, 
but even even more so just the value in that that community reaching out and helping each other and other people that I know are are struggling themselves and and are in in, in trouble themselves they're reaching out and, and putting money towards this and that's just just really really speaks volumes to the to the community and and the support that everybody has for each other um, yeah and so it's just everybody at the restaurants all the teams have just really uh, been been so overwhelmed and 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 excited with so much gratitude about about how much support there has been for it. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to get you on the show, Matt, was because, uh, you know, during these times, there's just, we're, we're so overwhelmed with emotion and what to do, what to do. I, I think it's great that you made the decision early, uh, that freed up bandwidth to focus on what matters the most right now, your people. And it also allowed you to, to put together a game plan so you could do this effectively and efficiently, uh, which I think is really important. But just that the thing that I'm trying to communicate to people is listen, like cash flow might've stopped, but the other big part of business is relationships and those are continuing to go on. So focus on how you can serve those relationships, focus on how you can be of value to the people that are, are most important to you. And I think that's the big lesson to take away from this is what can you do to get creative right now to, to be there for your people? I mean, this is a really creative idea. Um, and I think that that is like the lesson to take away. How can I get creative to take care of my people? That should be the focus right now. Do you want to agree or disagree or add anything to that? Yeah. You know, I think that it's, that it's it's so important what you're saying is that you know I, it's almost like once once business becomes about business and 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 money and spreadsheets then that's the point where where you're kind of missing the whole boat of of what it's about because I mean, really it's what it is about yeah it's important it, it is <laughs> keep going but this is about all, all business I think is it is and should be about relationships and teams and, and the people involved. And if, if you're spending time nurturing that and paying attention to that and, and being fair and looking out for people more often than not, the rest of it's going to take care of itself or at least be in that trajectory a little bit more where if you're just so focused on the, on the P and L's and the numbers and, and the profit and these types of things, then there, there's no, there's not really any depth to what you're doing. And you might be able to run that for a little while, but without that substance, without nurturing relationships and, 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 and friendships and people become your family, then there's, there's just nothing there. And it's extremely important to me. And I think, and I think to a lot of people to do that. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that, I was lucky enough to have this random idea and this random opportunity to help, you know, it was, it was totally random, but, um, you know, I think that there can be these types of opportunities for people. And for me, a big part of it was, you know, and you alluded to it a little bit for me, I needed to shut it down. I needed to be able to think clearly and I needed to, remove a lot of outside distractions. There's a lot of distractions right now and a lot, and a lot of them are great. You know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of, of things out there to, to be trying to help and support and this and that. And then, I mean, if you turn on the news or social media, you're just bombarded with, 
so much information, but I've never been so I happy needed, not to have cable TV right now. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's it's important to know what's going on, but it's also important to just be able to separate it, remove the distractions, and think clearly for for yourself in your situation and the decisions you're making and how that affects you and your business. And, you know, there's no way that we'd be able to be making good, clear, level-headed decisions for anything moving forward um, if, if we weren't able to just take the time to focus on what we need to and stop worrying so much about all these things that are in the world right now that we don't, we can't even control. Yeah. We have no control yes. over so much of it. So, you know, you just, you, you, you that's, have to be able to, to separate that. Yeah. That's a great uh, transit transition. And I want to start to wrap the conversation up because I promise you a short uh, recording and I want to respect your time. <laughs> uh, but the one thing that in what you just mentioned is the focus on what we can control. And um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting this weekend, trying to kind of uh, the first two weeks I've been kind of reactive, just trying to get, get people on the, the show to just to talk, to find out where they are, the state of the industry, uh, to learn from people that I trust. Um, and now I think, you know, that, that ship has kind of sailed. Like, what can we do now? I think the information's out there. I don't know if I'm serving people by telling people like the details of what to do because it's everywhere. Just go to your locals, you know, um, you know, like the New Hampshire restaurant lodging association or any, any state association, they'll, they'll tell you exactly what to do. Um, but what, I think the question, the conversation needs to shift towards what can we do? What do we have control over to, to change the state of the industry when we come, come out of this thing? And I think we're all kind of a lot of energy, a lot of potential, a lot of great people standing still right now waiting. What can we be doing to influence the state of the the industry? What's that landscape going to look like? How can we influence that is the conversation I want to start to have. So what, what are your thoughts as I'm asking these questions? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think that, it, that that question can't be answered right now. I think that, um, you know, this, this is a moment in time, but this isn't a moment in time because this is creating a whole new norm. Like the idea that, okay, we're just going to hunker down and get through this, this snowstorm and then go back to business as usual. That, that is a, a, a that's fool's gold. Mm. That is chasing something that doesn't exist. The world is different now and the world is never going to be the same again. And that may not necessarily be a bad thing, but to think that we're just going to go back to business as usual, based off of some arbitrary dates that any government official can throw out. I mean, that's just ludicrous. Yeah. So it, it, the, the question's hard to answer, but for me, well, it's first clearing, clearing space to think clearly and then navigating what I need to do for my businesses, um, whether that be deferring loans, deferring rent, deferring mortgages, getting bills pushed back, finding cash reserves so that we can float what we need to for right now. I have people that are going through the stimulus in a fine tooth comb so that we can find out exactly what is in there, how to access it and how it is used. I'm not waiting to see the, 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 the cliff notes that somebody else puts out. We're going through that. We're taking control of our own situation and we're making the moves we need to. And I think that that's what's important is that, if people are out there waiting, like, 
waiting for a check to come for the government or waiting for someone to tell them what's in the stimulus. Stop waiting. You got to you got to start looking ahead. You got to start acting. You got to start figuring those things out. And then I think slowly start putting together what that means in terms of your business model moving forward as well, because it's going to be different, whether it is the same model, but it'll be on a condensed scale because this economy is not going to bounce right back. This isn't, this isn't going to be like a a ping pong ball. This is going to be a very, very long recovery. It's going to be a pendulum Um, that's going to slowly stop swinging in one direction and slowly start swinging back. And it's very, very slowly. Yeah. Um, this could create new norms of, of more people dining at home just because now those habits are being developed. And there's also going to be not, not only the economic recovery, but the recovery from the fear that's going to take time. Like when the, when the gates get opened on the economy again and people can go out to eat, there's going to be hesitation there for a while. Yeah. the longer this goes on, the longer that hesitation is going to be there on the back end. I'm sure people are going to be excited to go out to eat and, and get back out of the house and go to their favorite places, but it's going to be different. It's going to take a while, and I think that it's important for everybody to just be thinking about their situation, their businesses, their staff, their team, and focus the energy kind of redirect it back within and stop worrying about the bigger picture and all these other things going on in the world, but focus it on, on what you got going on and call call your landlord, call your purveyors, come up with some creative ideas to do for your staff. Mm -hmm. And if everybody's doing that on an individual basis, then everything is moving forward instead of everybody just kind of sitting around waiting for for some magic pill that's just going to fix everything because yeah. that's not coming. <laughs> I know. I know. And I love this mentality of, of like being proactive and getting out ahead of it. And I think that's kind of what um, I would like to communicate to people that is, you know, the, the, the time of reacting is kind of come and gone. I think now we need to start being proactive, you know, start getting ahead of this thing and asking like, well, what, what are the, the scenarios? Like what could play out and how can we be intentional in uh, not kind of, I think we, we all are too reactive. We're going to react ourselves into corners, right? But I think if we can get ahead of this thing and project where it's going, that's probably not the best outcome for us. How can we influence this? How can we create awareness around maybe why we shouldn't be making certain decisions and we should be making other decisions? I don't know what those decisions are, but I'm saying we need to start thinking and communicating like this because I think that's really important right now. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and, and it's really important. I think we're at that moment now because you know now we're at a point where we know what's going on right we know what's happening i mean the 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 numbers game of the amount infected and the deaths and when the apex happens and these types of things that's going to vary a little bit based off day and numbers and whatever but in reality we, we we know what's happening now we know the situation we know how to handle it that's not changing again that the the period of that evolving and changing and not knowing and trying to figure it out. That's, that's done. It's in the past. We know what we're dealing with now. So get a game plan, Mm -hmm. start writing things down, like get a, 
piece of paper and a pencil and start making a plan. Like, you know, like there's a good chance that, that a lot of what we're looking at is kind of having the dining rooms back open June 1st. And I immediately started with June 1st. I didn't start with April 6th yeah, when, that's very... when the governor <laughs> and, and a lot of people were bent on that. Like, okay, we'll be out of work for two weeks. It's like, no, no, no. Like this is going to be longer. And uh, I've been planning June 1st the whole time. And then if it happened to be earlier than that, then great bonus for me, but plan for worse. Start planning on that. Yeah. What is, right. And what does that look like? You know, in, in people's, financial situations and people's income statements of people's cash flows. What, what does that look like planning for, for, for June 1st, being able to open the dining room and then what doesn't work within that model and how are you going to fix it? It's a pretty simple formula of actually just connecting the dots of here's where, where we need to get to. Here's the gaps that are going to prevent us from getting there. How do we fill those gaps? And then just, you know, don't, don't, don't cry. Woe is me all day long and be so overwhelmed that you can't even think clearly. Start thinking. What are some options as to how we're going to fill these gaps? Because no, nobody's going to fill them for you. Like everybody needs the same gaps filled right now. And the ones that are going to get them filled are the ones that are making a plan so that they can move on to executing it quicker instead of being behind the eight ball. And then when this whole thing gets pushed back again, come May 1st, Oh my God, I thought we were going to be good to go beginning of May because the president said that the beginning of May would be all set. Like stop, stop relying on, on arbitrary information. We know it's going to be longer. Yeah, yeah. Don't fool yourself. Plan for that and start figuring out, creative ways to fill those gaps chef matt lewis uh thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk us through your frame of mind uh what you're doing in your business it's, it's always a, an honor to make an example of you uh, i would love i mean you're you're open invitation to come back and as things unfold with you in new hampshire uh, what you guys choose to do i'd love to learn more um one last question before i let you go and uh, your old employer uh, i'm curious if you have any thoughts on this <laughs> uh chef thomas keller choosing to sue the insurance companies what do you think it, a lot of people are saying we should get behind this because the more people that buckle down the there's, there might be a settlement out of this what are your thoughts on that are you paying attention to this yeah i, I am paying attention to it um you know it's something that came up on our end, um, right away, you know, because business interruption, that's what we have insurance for. Um, you know, I have restaurant friends that they had, had uh, flood damage and insurance covered it. And I have friends that had pipes froze insurance covered it. And now this has insurance has covered it. So this, this conversation came up from day one about insurance. Um, it's something that uh, I'm in a way I'm glad that um, Thomas Keller is making a stand with it because this is something that is going to be very, very, very expensive for him. And it's a gamble. And I think that, maybe in an ideal world if him or other people in his position do that, maybe it will be a trickle down effect, Mm. but 
I'm not sure if it if that is the best use of energy and resources right now for everybody because that's like that's kind of like gambling in a way. Yeah. It's kind of rolling the dice and like right now I don't have time for gambles. I need solutions and answers and I don't want to I don't want to put all my chips on that thinking okay well if that came through we'll be all set well what happens when that doesn't come through and I wasted my bandwidth on a gamble where I could be using it to really really get through that stimulus and read how that stimulus is written and exercise that stimulus because that's there now that's concrete that's been passed the president signed it it is law so that's tangible that's black and white there's something in there that is actually legitimate. That isn't a gamble. Um, so I, I cho- right now I'm choosing to use my bandwidth and energy and resources to maximizing that. Maybe if the insurance thing grows in traction, then it'll kind of carry across the industry more. But I, I think that that's only going to come from from very, very, very high level yeah. people, such as the Thomas, Thomas Keller, Keller, the Dick um, Meyer, the you know yeah, Jose Garcia, the know, people they that have, have influence. And 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 if they are able to do that, and that benefits the rest of us. Then that's a wonderful, interesting. Thoughts. That's a wonderful thing. But you know, it's um, when you're playing with insurance and you're playing with lawyers, there's I feel you. There, there's a there's a lot going on there. That, that right now it's that's not that's not on the radar right now that's way down the priority list right now um and in the middle of crisis management you have to manage the biggest crisis first and what you can control and what you can solve that's way down the list on that there's so many other things that i can control and i can solve right now um before i even will get to that one Chef Matt Lewis, thank you so much, man. I feel like I'm abusing your time now. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you making time for us. And uh, just stay well, stay positive. And I just can't say thank you enough. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there you go. Thanks again to Chef Matt Lewis. Uh, It's always a privilege to make an example of you, my friend. And I think the big takeaways from today's conversation, obviously, get creative to do what you can to support your your team. Um, This is one example of a creative solution. Also, don't try to... Uh, just react and dissect all this stuff and make sense of all this stuff. Get the experts to do it. Get, you know, try to find somebody who is specialized in this um, world of legislation and law passing and relief to tell you what's best for you and your, your unique situation. That's the other variable. It's case by case. So really let the the experts figure this out. Um, There's really no need to rush uh, and let, some of these people digest this. There's, I'm sure over the next couple of days, there's going to be a lot of information coming out, a lot of uh, helpful information coming out. So just be calm. It will be okay. And you know, let the experts do their thing and then put a strategy together. Don't be reactive, put a strategy together. And that's another big takeaway from today's conversation. Um, and then lastly, don't go toe and toe with these insurance companies. You're not going to win. Let the, the deep pockets like Thomas Keller, let those folks deal with this and let them represent the industry. And, uh, that is pretty much all I got to say about that. And then this episode is brought to you by Procter and Gamble. 
Uh, Procter and Gamble is always there for us during these devastation or just these disasters. Uh, and they're there for us again now with uh, tools and uh, chemicals to help us fight bacteria and viruses. Uh, you can check out Febreze Professional Sanitizing Fabric Refreshener or uh, Refresher and uh, Microband Professional. Both kills up to 99.9% of bacteria and germs and viruses. So, um, if you're in the grocery store, look for that Procter and Gamble uh, label. If you help my sponsors, it helps me. And thank you in advance. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.